and welcome to episode 247, yes, of Checkpoint Chat. My name is Alessandro Barbosa. I'm joined by a matching Matthew, Matthew Figueroa. Well, you only know on the took video the words, stream. You took the words out of my mouth. It's <laughs> no bigger surprise when you flip on the camera and you're like, whoa, you're wearing the same I'm pretty sure I can <laughs> guess that's a Mario shirt. Oh, you hate to see it. It's a... Uh... No, it's really, is it not? <laughs> oh, it's a naughty dog. Uh, you don't have the Mario shirt, you have the Luigi shirt. I've got the, of course, I've got the Luigi shirt. You've got the Mario shirt. It'll... Hate to see it. <laughs> Imagine we, we both presented on, at Nintendo as Mario's. <laughs> as Mario, yeah, that'd make no sense at all. Like, Zero Luigi sense. doesn't exist in this timeline. <laughs> it's the two Mario's. I should have, I should have <coughs> taken a um, colored naughty dog shirt when... Uh, Good friend of the show, Neelan, was offering them because I took the white one. Um, and you know, white clothes over. I mean, we got that shirt, what, in 2016? Spilled mom's or spaghetti like on it once and then it's got to throw no, it in the well, trash. <laughs> that and it just starts fading. It starts looking oh, gray man. and not gray. So it's a bummer because that shirt rules. There's something about some of the gaming shirts we got that they, they just last. I, I know. St- some are just super quality. Do you still have like, that Witcher 3 shirt? Yep. Yep. And. That thing's got a print in it, and it, it still looks. Look, it's probably a bit faded, but I've worn it on and off for the last nine years now, and it's yeah, <laughs> it's still. I've still got. I've actually got two because I got one when I when I went to Poland to do the hands-on preview. They gave me a shirt there, nice. and then got one at E3 with you, and both of them are still like really, really nice then, to wear. Another this... one that I have that's nice is um. This was one I bought though at e3 but was at the bethesda booth when they announced prey you know the arcane oh, yeah, yeah. one i got like a prey shirt it's like a gray one with a schematic print of the ship that you're on and that thing's still like firstly it fits super super nicely but it still looks really good so yeah I, some I still, some shirts just built different do you still have the sea of thieves shirts from was it e3 i or i think stuff? i gave that to my mom because the one i got was way too big even when <laughs> I got she's it. a big sea of thieves fan <laughs> yeah she loves sea of thieves yeah i love sailing loves digital sailing um, I, I don't think i have that shit i have an old as sh- like old as hell diablo reaper souls shirt that i sleep in a lot but that's faded to shit i would never leave the house i have i'd be embarrassed a relic i'm so proud of i have a quantum break shirt which means we've come full circle because i'll actually talk about it this episode that is (laughs) wild from the time you met sam lake and didn't and didn't know i knew he was but it was like you you knew he was max Payne's face now i'm like Oh my God, Sam Lake notices me, Senpai. You're the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, oh that my guy is my favorite. It's my absolute Imagine, favorite. imagine he just like imagine they had uh, hands-on previews for Alan Wake Two, and you just open the door, and it's just him like dancing, just like <laughs> like he was in in that one sequence. I'd love that. Um, I'd pay money oh, for that. I would just and, I love and that also dance. not speaking because he never spoke in those. Uh, <laughs> Those live action sequences, he used to just do like weird. Yeah, we we got to do an Alan Wake. I know we've done like a, a proper review, but we've got to do a, a spoiler cast. We would just talk about all the good, the good stuff that happened in that case. Let's just speak for an hour about uh, that scene, Herald of Darkness, and mm. that's it. Like and I would, I would let's gladly. just do Herald of Darkness. <laughs> yeah, let's just dance <laughs> and just record that while we're talking about Herald of Darkness. Amazing. Maybe. I've listened to that song. So many times, mm. so so many times. It's so good. Um, 
also weirdly enough in my i have this like playlist on spotify or it's like a spotify generated playlist mm. um for the gym it's just like high high intensity music for the gym <laughs> and it seems to pick up on other songs that i listen to and then match those to like i guess a tempo and is like oh yeah. this will actually work in this playlist so now I have like two or three of the chapter ending songs from Alan Wake just suddenly cropping up while I'm like bench Amazing. pressing or something like that. Real good. 10 Amazing. out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. What, what feature of Spotify is that? Is it like- I don't know. I just, I just searched this playlist ages ago called uh, for like a, a gym playlist and it came up with one, but it's a Spotify generated one. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, and it it uses your listening history. Yeah, and I, I I don't know. Listen, it works. It's I just <laughs> press play and it does stuff, and I'm like sick. This will get me through the next forty five minutes. AI coming for uh, DJ jobs right now. Just listen. <laughs> we didn't need AI to replace them. They replace themselves. They're just pressing play <laughs> on a MacBook. So yeah. I hate to see what it. can you what oh, can also, you do? What can shuffle you do? button existed since AP3 players existed. Uh, <laughs> Just bring that iPod mini, <laughs> press shuffle, boom, you've got a DJ wedding playlist. struggling. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think all those playlists sound the same? They're just they're circulating did, the same one. When last did you hear from Pitbull? Mr. Oh, Worldwide, dude. replaced by sure. AR. <laughs> sure. He gets Not on even stage AI now, wants Mr. To, AR. Wants to remix. Oh, God. <laughs> I hate this. Oh, I love this. I absolutely hate it. I'm just best. picturing a computer program with sunglasses now. <laughs> <laughs> Photoshop that, please. Have you ever seen Pitbull's eyes? <laughs> no. This is what keeps me up at night. But, but actually, I lie. There, there's a music video, I swear. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm Googling Pitbull's eyes right now. You Let's know, see if it comes up with, with him or a dog. dog first. Okay, it came up with dog. Uh, okay. I don't know what you expected. <sighs> You've got to search correctly. Pitbull, DJ AI Oh, my God. Eyes. This is very disconcerting. I don't like this. Because you should. His eyes are like very small. <laughs> They're piercing blue, though. They are beautiful. What? But this is why he's going to wear is, the glasses. They're too piercing. This completely changes his persona. He's not Mister Worldwide now. He's just Mister Small Eyes, according to you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, especially it. with his little goatee for ants, his non-glasses look does not work for me. Exactly. When last did he actually have a, make a song? When did he make a song? Uh, I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure good he does. Question. I'm just. Speak, I've I'm pretty. The... Sure, I'm pretty sure he's like featured on some song where he just goes, "Pistol," and then Mr. that's AR. it. You know, Mister uh, AR. <laughs> <laughs> the song starts. <laughs> Listen, I'm not making this up. This is actual facts, okay? You know, in a week where the world is up in arms over um, okay, pretty ridiculously bad AI-generated content of Taylor Swift, uh, we are oh, here. I miss that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on the news. Like, the White House even spoke about it. It's <laughs> like, as you can expect, AI being used to make quite explicit content with Taylor Swift's face on it and she's like super not shit, well, yeah. you know deservedly so not happy about that um, but, what but we didn't the, need AI to see Pitbull's eyes so. but, what does the White House have to contribute to that conversation I don't know just, I think they were just like there needs to be better regulation it's just very strange I mean not strange just like weird that this was the straw 
that broke that yes. comes back type of thing. I know? mean, I, um, there's been like lots of red flags and in other industries yes. being thrown up. Well, didn't um, Taylor Swift? But it just shows you the power Taylor Swift has, though. <laughs> well, didn't she single-handedly, you know, collectively with the whole team, whatever? But single-handedly improve the US economy last year. Yeah, yeah, all of her concerts Listen. and stuff like that. Yeah, she she like actually had a like a uh, an actual a impact, tangible impact on the on the economy. The yeah. White House. I think one of her concerts like actually generated seismic activity as well that could be measured on the Richter scale. I can't recall where. Your Swifties uh, out here stomping the earth <laughs> out of orbit. Taylor Swift earthquake concert. That is apparently wild. there's an earthquake zone. Yeah, Taylor Swift fans cause record-breaking seismic activity <laughs> uh, in Lumen Field. I don't know where that is. I don't know what timeline this is. Oh, in Seattle. Live in, but this yeah. is wild. The White House. Crazy, I was just saying eh? we need to protect Taylor Swift at all costs because a she's helping us the economy, and b if we don't keep her in check, earthquakes. We've got <laughs> we've got to we've got to regulate her. This is what she can do protect. to us. <laughs> The greatest threat. To Apparently, our it was stronger than the quote beast quake, which was a tiny little earthquake um, created by Seattle Seahawks fans after an impressive touchdown in 20 years. <laughs> I just want to be that, imagine that person on the sideline with what is what do they use to measure earthquakes again? Is it like the, the Richter, Richter, scale. Richter scale? They're just standing. Yeah. I don't know what it looks like. Okay, but I imagine they've got standing on the sideline with a little device going, oh, oh, record break. <laughs> oh, it's coming. Oh. <laughs> Here comes the finale. Oh. Get Mr. Joe Biden on the phone. Tell him <laughs> this is dangerous shit. This time when, when, you, when you tell your friends and family that you were at a concert and you're like, the place was so loud it felt like an earthquake. You're not lying. It's it really was. Speaking truth. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Swifties. Wild. It's wild. I mean, I'm not even a bit. Well, I'm. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I barely know any <laughs> of her songs. Shani, big fan, huge fan. But seeing videos from the concerts, I would not mind going to see a performance because it looks. I, I'd, I'd it go just go looks like what a show. Yeah, yeah. But 100%. it is like fucking impossible to get tickets now. So <laughs> good luck. I I work with people I know that are actually going to. Uh, can't remember the country now, uh, but they're going to Europe in June, June, July for to watch one of the shows. Where is she and they coming? The tickets like over a year ago. Damn. Yeah. When she comes to South Africa, never. Pff, no, I was gonna say I, I didn't realize she's doing like a Europe tour. Not that yeah, I've gone, yeah, yeah. She'll she'll be in the UK for sure. No, the, uh, what what's that one in in London? The O2 Arena. I went to the O2 Arena. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably be there. You'll it's probably so hear bad. it or feel it, you know. In <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the heads up. Now I know. Yeah, <laughs> July twenty first, whatever the day it is. I go just take a refuge shaking, under your like, couch. Yeah, it's okay. It's a Taylor Swift concert. We're good. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're absolutely fine. Just relax. Uh, <laughs> My goodness, like, love to see. Very us. fun. And you know what else creates? Earth- no, I can't even say. Good you could have said you know what else is fun, but you know. Uh, that would have been uh, the more yeah, obvious I latched onto the wrong part of that. Yeah, <laughs> but it also Taylor Swift music, uh, not video games. I don't know. <laughs> Do you think Taylor Swift plays video games? I'm pretty sure she does. Sure I think there does. was a story of her playing Switch or something that I read about. I don't know. Nice. Famous people are people too. A lot of them play video games. Mm. Uh, 
There was just an article yesterday about Kieran. Uh, do you know Kieran Culkin? Oh, yeah. He's mm-hmm. uh, one of the guys from Succession, Macaulay Culkin's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, about how on the second date he had with his wife or something, she asked, I don't know why, asked him to play a game of Tekken and he won. And I was like, okay. Nice. <laughs> of, of, of all the fighting games, Tekken is the one that any newcomer could come in and just win. You just close mm-hmm. your eyes, roll that Goro. <laughs> push yeah. X, 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 mm-hmm. win. Best combo, game winning combo. You know, we laughed when Brian Cox did the whole narration of the Tekken story because it oh, was absolutely fucking ridiculous. So but good. The story of succession, he is 100% Heihachi. Uh, and his three sons are all uh, Kazuya, and he's chucking them in volcanoes all the time, yeah. And they... (laughs) Three sons? Sorry, two sons and a daughter. Uh, I need to watch that show. I have watched Succession. I think you and Lenska would absolutely adore that show. How many seasons are there? Five. Okay. Uh, But it's all finished now, so you can just blitz through it. It's so, so good. Yeah, it's riveting riveting stuff i don't think there was a single like season that was bad like nice. every every season is just top notch yeah nice would recommend it but yeah. video games um, tekken video Tekken's games video yeah game. i <laughs> i haven't been playing much this week but you've jumped into two things uh correct? yes shall we talk about oh my gosh i'm not i'm not even ready <laughs> Uh, where's my 247 episodes? Where's this folder? I had a folder <laughs> I made in my hang on. Oh, there it is. Okay, so I, I'm playing catch up with some stuff I missed, uh, end of last year. So I suppose, well, wait, when did this when did this content launch? I'm talking it about the like Valhalla content December, for, for God of War mid mid December, beginning December. So it's it's weird because I'm not sure. It's not that I had no intention of playing this, <coughs> but that conversation we had about The Last of Us and just general discussions on social media about, you know, The Last of Us is uh, roguelite mode is behind a ten dollar paywall, but God of All released their own for free and it's better. A lot of people say it's a lot better. And I thought mm. uh, you know, I enjoyed God of All. Maybe let me just go check it out. Let's see what's going there. Um, but more more so for the fact that it turns out there was story behind this content. It wasn't just like, oh, hey, there's a roguelite mode. You can just go do stuff and that's that. It's like, oh, there's, there's actual story beats that happen behind this roguelite mode. And that, that really interests me because if you've not finished God of All Ragnarok, maybe close your ears. But uh Kratos doesn't die, as many people thought would happen, you know, because we knew it was the mm-hmm. end of the Norse saga, and your immediate thought must be like, well, surely he's going to die, and then, like, Atreus is going to pick up the mantle, and that's a whole mm. different story beat. But this is, this where this picks up is after the, the events of Ragnarok, and Kratos is just trying to still reconcile with his past, and he gets an invitation to, uh, I mean, by past, I mean, like, before, uh, you know, God of War reboots, old Kratos from Sparta doing violent Kratos things. So he gets an invitation to Valhalla, which if you know very loosely from Norse mythology is a place where you go to do endless fighting, you know, endless battle, whatever. And I think it's genius that 
old uh, Sony Santa Monica thought, well, that sounds like the perfect setting for a roguelite where we get Kratos to just do runs through Valhalla. Um, it does the, the typical God of War thing where you you have all your abilities and weapons unlocked, but your stats are reduced to zero. Or Kratos arrives, oh no, my power's gone. <laughs> Uh, but that's oh, of course but it's, does he have amnesia too he, no no amnesia this time thank oh, goodness damn. Uh, but it, it works obviously in the roguelite sense of okay you, you've stepped all your stats but as you do each run you get um, resources to do permanent upgrades for example you know upgrade your strength defense etc um, and then where where the roguelite mechanics really kick in is the fact that every time you do a run, you get to do a different build or you get to spec out differently, um, which is a side of God of War I've never really engaged with. I mean, uh, you've played mm-hmm. both games and it's sort of, you know, which which armor set gives me the best, for example, strength or defense. Oh, it happens to have <clears throat> this perk or this set of abilities that comes with it. Whereas, yeah, now it's got a thing of, okay, maybe I'm going to, do a run with say the axe let me try to choose abilities that all spec and complement each other so mm-hmm. a good example is i did a run last night where one of the first things offered to me was like your precision throws do more damage whatever so it's like okay i, I need to throw my axe more further along the run i get another ability it's like if you hold the aim button the longer you hold it the more damage it like you build up a sort of uh, damage buff so you're doing more damage with throws and eventually I started compounding all of these abilities that complemented each other where I wasn't even running in to hit people. I was literally just standing back and throwing my axe and calling it back. And it was Amazing. a lot of fun. <laughs> like, I think what surprised me most about this is that it's kind of hilarious how it's never crossed my mind, at least, for God of All to have a roguelite mode, but it makes so much sense given that the combat is fantastic. Like, I love God mm-hmm. of All's combat. Um, anyone who's played it will will know how good it feels to throw the axe, call it back, switch between different weapons. Um, so yeah, for, on that front, absolutely loving it. But what surprised me is the the story. Um, it's it's surprisingly meaty. Um, it's not just a thing of like, I don't know, I don't know what I expected of. It's a free piece of content. Like, how much story can they actually expand on here? But I was saying to you before we started recording, it reminds me so much of Hades um, in terms of how it's structured. It's Things feel organic. Like if you've played Hades, you know, you'll do a run, you'll come back, you'll talk to people, and they'll talk to you contextually like, oh, hey, you did this in your run, or hey, I've just got an update, mm. so I've got new things to say to you. And this is doing exactly that, where it's Kratos and Mamiya talking through, you know, through the actual run itself. Mamiya's with you, obviously. And then when you end the run, it's like, oh, there's people outside Valhalla's gates with updates talking to you. There's things that happen mm-hmm. in Valhalla with each run that are contextual and story-based, like Kratos dealing with his past and whatever. And there's, there's just some neat surprises as well. If, if you're a, a long-time God of War fan pre-reboot, there are callbacks to the original games. And I've, I've played all of them, so it's very cool to see that brought into – like you know, from a modern perspective of like, oh shit, like, um, no spoilers, but like Kratos did this when he was a lot younger, like what a dick thing to do, but let's reframe it and look at it from an older Kratos perspective and let's help him grapple with it. Um, so it's been very surprising on that front and I've just been having a, a fantastic time with it and it's completely free. So mm. 
Love and um, do you have any sort of indication of how like long it is? Uh, because you know so Hades I've, is quite long. I've been playing. I'd say I've played maybe six or seven hours. Like it's it's okay. a fair bit. I mean, and I've I've to my understanding, I've finished like the the content. Like I've reached the end of it. In, in terms of the actual, um, the run itself. Like story. No, no, oh, no, not the story, the, the actual. Okay. But the thing is like now, like Hades, you incentivize to keep replaying because you're unlocking new things. Like every time you finish a run, whatever, it, it like drip feeds you so much stuff. So when you first start playing, it's like, okay, you, you can't really unlock anything. Okay, you've, mm-hmm. you've reached a little bit further in your run. Now we're giving you resources to un- to upgrade your strength and your uh, defense. Okay, now you've reached a bit further in your run. Cool, now we're going to give you perks with each run as you go through it. Okay, now you've reached okay. even further. We're going to give you the ability to do other permanent upgrades. Um, so th- th- it's very laid and there's a lot to do, but it is drip fed to you in a logical way. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, just on the story front, it's it's been really fun. And I feel like... At no point have I gone, oh, okay, I guess I've finished, you know, the the core gameplay content. I'm done. I'm going, no, I want to keep playing because I want to see how the story ends. Like, I haven't reached its conclusion. So I'm definitely going to okay. keep playing on that front. And so are there, like, specific biomes or is it just the, recycling areas from the main game no, and then you hit like a boss or so it's it's clever the way they contextualize it they say valhalla makes you face like your own well like valhalla is different for each person that enters it so for kratos a lot of the areas are biomes from um the god of war reboot so if you're watching the footage now i can't for the life remember is this this isn't Midgard? This is no. the Dwarven. This uh, is the, the Dwarven. The yeah, Dwarven. Area. So it's Svadelheim. Yeah. Or? So it it cycles between different biomes randomly, and you'll you'll get to a point where you sort of you do a fight. Think think of it this way: the way it's structured is like there's an arena where you do a fight, and then there's an arena where you like choose your next path forward, like your your reward. Uh, okay. Um, okay, so very similar to Hades in that yeah. when you sometimes get in those rooms and it's just got three doors and it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, you, it's you'll not deal, a combat room. Yeah. No, so you you essentially you do combat. You exit into like a safe area where there's mm. either resources or whatever, and you can choose. Okay, behind that door, there's an upgrade. There's a new rune for my weapon, or I can go through that door and get like a health upgrade. And then you choose your okay. door, and then typically you know which. Uh, realm you're in because that door it's difficult to explain but that safe room is based in a realm and then when you go through the door the combat will be in that same realm then when you exit to the next safe area it's like a completely different random realm okay so if the safe area is like for instance now if you're watching the video you're in midgard yeah yeah, that's then the combat will be in midgard yeah Um, so now it's like okay there's there's a door there with that reward or there's a door there with that reward and there are, and then ta- I'm assuming the areas de- they help like determine the sorts of enemies you're going to be fighting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it, it's interesting. interesting because I thought you sort of start to see a pattern of like, oh, if I go through this door, I typically arrive in this arena and there's this enemy or this set of enemies. Okay. But uh, they keep surprising me where it's it's never the same. Even like the last encounter, you think you think like Hades, oh. He fights old Hades himself, you beat him, and then, oh, what? Like, every time I fight him, it's going to be the same fight. And then mm. afterwards, like, oh, no, he gets harder. 
um, you know, things change, whatever. And it's the same here. So there's incentive to keep playing. It's, it's, it's just, okay. yeah, it follow, it reminds me so much of Hades and that's a good thing. Like, I think they took some good lessons from there and they repackaged it in a God of War setting and it works so well. Like I absolutely mm-hmm. cannot stop doing runs in this game mode. Nice. Yeah. Sounds great. Uh, yeah, and it's free, so that's absolutely awesome. free. I, I I do wanna I do wanna get to it purely because like the I was saying to you before the show like the the Last of Us and its roguelite mode is neat from a mechanical standpoint, but it is just a pure mechanical yeah. like mode. There's no narrative incentive to play it, and it's just there if you want to engage with the like stealth action. Yeah. Whereas I'm more inclined to play God of War because like. I enjoy the story of these games. That's what interests me the most, even if the combat, especially in Valhalla. Um, uh, was the second one called Valhalla? Uh, no, uh, Ragnarok. The second game, Ragnarok, yeah, yeah. Even if the combat in Ragnarok didn't like click with me in the same way that the first game did, I'd mm. be more keen to give this a go just to see I think what it means for Kratos going forward. Yeah, but even on, on the, the combat front, I think you might be surprised... Um, I think it'll it'll make maybe be a bit better for you to be like, okay, I'm gonna start a run. I'm gonna focus specifically on the spear because I just like the spear, mm, for example. Mm. And the spear you, is cool. Granted, you you can change between weapons, but like you can completely build that you focus on one specific weapon. Like you can buff the shit out of. Uh, like I've done the same with the spear. I've gone well. Maybe I want to just try do ranged attacks with the spear and you can you often get perks where it's like i think maybe there's stuff on the back end that's picking up what weapon you're starting your run with it must be because like often i'll start off with the axe and then i'm I'm inevitably served um perks for the axe i'm like oh, okay i guess i'm doing an axe run and i've noticed it's mm. kind of picks up what you do the first one or two arenas with and then it starts drip feeding you stuff for that weapon so you can kind of guard your own run as well from that front so it's pretty mm-hmm. cool very very clever okay yeah cool that's all god of war cool. and then uh i touched on it earlier let me just timestamp for this huh. i can't believe i'm gonna say this but i went back in time <laughs> oh no i know to play it's a uh, terrible pun i yeah. hate that <laughs> to play a uh, one times quantum break i've got some some footage here, which I just grabbed. Game from, if I'm not mistaken, 2015? It's eight years old, going on nine years old, if I'm not mistaken. The Quantum Break came out in 2016, sure. It's Oh, yeah, that does make sense, yeah. So, for those of you who do not know, Quantum Break is what Remedy made before Alan Wake 2 and before Control. Uh, Quantum Break came out after the original Alan Wake. Um, and... In its time, it was positioned as a, you know, this gorgeous looking game with time bending mechanics, uh, well, time bending abilities in the combat. And interestingly, live action. Um, Quantum mm-hmm. Break features four f- uh, fully fledged TV episodes with, you know, actors and actresses doing things um, which pop up between each chapter in the game. So it's very, very interesting that um, Remedy. Like, if you've if you've played Alan Wake and gone, wow, amazing for them to experiment with live action. It's like, no, like they've they've done it plenty now. Um, mm. 
I don't know. This game, it's it's funny. It's the one thing I'm missing from my my remedy uh, repertoire of, of I've played everything else and I thought, well, shit, why did I miss Quantum Break? I, j- I just kind of never got around to it. So I think because it was an Xbox exclusive at the time, didn't really yeah. pick it up on PC. Um, and I played it and I, I enjoyed it, but it's definitely, it's funny because you can see how much Remedy's improved. Like I think there are flaws of this game and um, there's things I don't like about it, but I can look at it and go, man, I see how this led to Control. Like Control being yes. the follow-up to this, it's like they looked at Quantum Break and thought, well, we'll just do it a lot better <laughs> in, yeah. in our, our next game. Um, do you remember it's kind of insane just looking at this footage how good this game still looks it still like, looks really good the amount of stuff going on on screen at any given time while you're like slow-mo moving through yes. the world and the the like ground around you is rippling up and it just it it's looks a, fantastic it's a technical marvel like i don't know how this ran yeah. on an xbox one back in the day not at 60 frames per second not at, yeah. tell you that much can't, can't yeah. imagine that um yeah. But it's interesting because this definitely, it, it's the precursor to control. Um, yeah. I, I think know. in so many ways, though, it's like in tone, in sort of gameplay even was way more like action based with yes. this, you know, these powers and control, I think, feels way more loose. Like mm. this is very much like a cover shooter in a sense. Yeah. And control is like, no, 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 no. Cover doesn't make sense at all. You can throw shit around the room. So you mm. can obviously just run around the room. So it's just a natural evolution, I think, also considering the characters that they have in each of the games. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's cool. I, like you said, they're experimenting with live action here in a way that control expands upon and then Alan Way completely goes mm. all in on, I think. Yeah. Um, but you you had issues with the episodes because they're like not hosted online anymore yeah it's it's, it's it's weird because so i played the uh game pass version so i.e the microsoft yes. version and this game is riddled with so many issues like i it's it's actually shocked me in eight to nine years later the, there's like a visual bug that happens in certain scenes where I've, i'm sure i've got footage of it somewhere but i won't dig it up it's it's kind of weird to explain, but light light leaks through from its light source, and it just kind of dominates the whole scene. Uh-huh. If that makes sense, oh, weird to the point yeah. where if you're looking in a certain direction, there's a light source that you actually can't see. It's like blinding, <laughs> and uh, so it's and like bleeding through a wall. It's bleeding, or something it's bleeding like that? through walls and stuff, and it's just uh. weird. And I think shit. If I'd played this game, if I'd paid money for this eight years ago and this is what happened and they just never fixed it i would be pissed (laughs) yeah i think i think it was very clear early on that this game was not hitting in the way microsoft or remedy would have liked and i don't think support on this but apparently the the steam version is a lot better and i I don't know why Uh, like i don't know it came out way later but but still like what what constitutes two different versions one for steam one for microsoft surely they would distribute the same version on both platforms no they, but, they're different i mean I, I get what you mean yeah they, they're different packages ultimately but yeah, yeah why if you'd release a steam version not just update the microsoft one i don't know yeah it's wild and then like you mentioned the episodic uh content that happens not embedded into the game <clears throat> you mentioned um oh, hey there's a pack you can download uh, so let, let me just give you context for that so like i said 
between each chapter, there's an actual TV episode. Um, but yeah. those are being hosted on a server, which is no longer up anymore. So every time I finished an episode, it'd be like, cool. Uh, like, you know, we're going to show you the TV show now. Oh no, the server's unavailable. Do you want to skip and go to the next chapter? I'm like, well, thank God I know that this game's TV shows are like kind of pivotal and important, you know, what the hell's going on. Mm. So I had to watch them on YouTube. Um, and it's just interesting because the, the TV pack you mentioned, it's like it exists only on Xbox. You can download the episodes for offline viewing. Only I really thought Xbox it was on PC all. as well. I didn't, I assume then that's the same for the Steam version because I highly uh, doubt that there's just this random uh, server that only the Steam version can. But apparently the Steam version, the videos are there. Like, I don't know. I can what? either confirm or deny that, but okay. that, that baffles me. That's why I'm like, this is Microsoft on, is doing this game so dirty. I, I'm like, like, this is on Game Pass. Like, how has it yeah. been like this for eight to nine years? Like, no wonder if Quantum Break's been swept under the rug, which, yeah. which is a shame because like it's it's got things I don't like about it, but it is still a very good remedy game. Like, if, mm. you, if you want a, a game that has a story that makes you <laughs> makes you rack your brain over time travel and how things fit into place and how things play out narratively like quantum break is it it's got a a pretty fascinating story of you know what happens when you go back in time and try change events and you know mm-hmm. go into the future and whatever the whole the whole butterfly effect exactly really explored. Like, okay, yeah. can you actually change things yes or no and it, it just explores that um and it's just yeah. it's a it's an interesting world um like it it kind of makes me sad you've said to me that remedy i've said this does not exist in the the yeah shared universe it's a a bummer it's a real bummer i I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they do make it fit like yeah they they could they they could very easily at one point just retcon that that and you know it would make sense because like you've got so many characters overlapping in here i mean you've got lance reddick who was meant to appear as uh wallandall in alan wake 2 mm. and i feel like him there would be like the connective tissue between alan wake's world and quantum breaks just because of the nature of who wallandall yes. is and like how that could make sense within the context of who lance reddick's character is in quantum yeah. break so you've also got courtney hope in, Qu- yes. in quantum break before <laughs> Which, she appeared for, as for the um, longest time i was like she looks so familiar who is this and i was like <laughs> Did you know? i was like oh <laughs> you moron <laughs> yeah the lead actor in oh, control, in control yeah. um jesse jesse fagan fagan yeah um yeah so it, it just shows like remedy had all these ideas and had the people in mind for this back then i think i think they they were very savvy from a business perspective to latch onto microsoft who at the time was like very into this idea of tv i mean quantum break was announced with the xbox one i specifically mm. recall they because everyone gave Xbox shit for like, oh, they only spoke about TV, but like they put up a splash screen during that initial presentation that had Quantum Break there. And it was like mm. from the creators of Max Payne. And it was this like weird game plus series sort mm. of experiment. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people brush it off because they're like, oh, okay, this is just another way for them to do TV series. And I think Sam Lake or whoever at Remedy were like, yeah, kind of, but we also want to experiment with this medium. And, people give shit to quantum break for its for its series feeling very um like not important in the grand scheme of things and the choices that you make so the idea that you were affecting a tv series was nothing more than like you are choosing which episode to watch smoke and mirrors but 
yeah, but it gave Remedy a, a chance to be like, okay, cool. Maybe choice isn't the correct thing when it comes to integrating live action. What if we mm. just keep the live action, but integrate it into the storytelling mm. as a, a whole new medium? And I think Control and Alan Wake show that that so. is the correct path. Alan Wake is a more modern example of blending those two together so well. Like truly, yeah, it's in, in an incredible way. It's yeah. so like stuff I've never seen in games before. How they've done it, where you you're playing Alan Wake, and then just on the screen is like Alex Casey, actual Sam Lake acting yeah. out a scene, or, or just looking at the camera in a moody, <laughs> moody point and, of view. And I think what what makes that approach so fascinating to me is that it's not something that you'll be like, oh, okay, we'll see this in every game from now on because it's mm. like the popular thing. It's like no, it only makes sense within the context of their games because of mm. the story they're telling. Yeah. This idea of like different mediums of art and different realities, like the live action makes sense. You're not going to see it suddenly in like, I don't know, a GTA or, no. uh, or, or a Ubisoft game because it just, they, they wouldn't do that. It just feels weird and, yes. and something like that. So yeah. it's cool that they've made it wholly like their identity, which I yeah. think is really rad. And Quantum Break was the, was the start of that in many ways. Yeah. It's also, it's, it's weird to me that I, I wouldn't be surprised if one day, may, maybe it's a pipe dream, but one day we do get a Quantum Break 2. Um, because mm. the way it ends, it's like, okay, if you've not played Quantum Break, close your ears if you're going to go. Play you've, had Quantum Break. You've, had, you've had eight years. But I feel like uh, the whole Wallendor, uh, not Wallendor, what's his name, Martin Hatch in this game, it feels like they're setting him up for a sequel. And Amazing how his name is also like another word for door. Yeah, just, no, but I, just I, putting it out hundred percent. It has to be the same character. <laughs> it has whatever. to be intentional. Yeah. Um, but like you've played the story. It's a thing of this. Most of the game to talk about. Oh no, you get these creatures between time. They're called. I think they're called shifters. You know, they mm-hmm. they exist only in the brink, or whatever. And then it, you you sort of piece it like oh old martin hatch is one of those there's a scene where you're like oh my god like he's clearly one of those things and then mm. i think like surely the final chapter of this game i'm gonna fight martin hatch or something and you just don't you it just yeah. sort of ends. You, don't, you don't learn more about you him. you don't yeah. learn more about him and the, the end scene is like oh okay it's revealed that jack's been sort of relaying his whole story to somebody at um what they're called monarch, monarch. Um. Oh, oh, there's old Martin Hatch, very much alive, and you know, talking to Jack about like, hey, like, come work for us, or we can work together, whatever. You're like, okay, this is weird. Like, I wish they expand on this more. If only there were a sequel <laughs> for, mm-hmm. for them to do it. Maybe one day. I don't know. Isn't um, it? Isn't it interesting that? Um. I mean, I never saw him. But I saw him like maybe twice. But uh, Sean Ashmore obviously appears in 100%. Alan Wake 2 as a different yeah. character. Yeah. And there's the one moment where you meet him out in the courtyard and he's talking about Wallendor and he specifically talks about him being a figure that lives outside of time. Yes. And has access to doors that let him move between time. And it's like, well, this is literally 100%. what Martin Hatch was described as. Yes. So there have know, to be. It's for, and it's, it's just so interesting because playing this game after Alan Wake 2 there are so many Alan Wake 2 easter eggs we're like whether I don't mm. think Remedy knew they'd get to make the sequel I mean I'm sure they plan to but like I think you you said to me like oh no it's Sam Lake has just said at the time it was just like easter eggs he had thoughts 
for the Alan Wake 2. Mm. Um, but there obviously eight years ago, Alan Wake 2 wasn't being developed. Not not that we're aware of. But it's just so cool to see how those Easter eggs, you're like, oh, shit, that's, that actually happened. Or like one mm. thing that blows my mind is that throughout this game, um, you see AWE graffitied in numerous places and in, on an, one of the boards where they talk, there's somebody scribbled notes about Alan Wake. Somebody's written there like AWE, it's like Alan Wake something or Altered World Event question mark. I'm like, oh my God, that's Control. Like four years yeah, before Control came out. So yeah. it's, it's just no, I, I think, interesting seeing that I think stuff. Sam Lake had, had these like brand ideas of, of how this is all piecing together. And over mm. time he's had to adapt, you know, how they really do fit together based on like the reality of game development. Yeah. Um, I think the interviewing question was one from this week or last week where they were talking about this sort of stuff. And um, yeah, he basically said that he had the idea for Alan Wake's Alan, Alan Wake two's like core structure already mm. before quantum break came out. Like the idea of a cop, working with Alex Casey like mm. was already an idea he had. And that's like something that was still central to Alan Wake 2 that came out last year. It is yes. how it ended up working out. So I think at the time probably Quantum Break factored into that. It's just yeah. when it didn't work the same way and maybe there was some weird um, deal stuff with Microsoft. He was like, cool, not going to include this because we mm. don't actually know how this is going to fit in in the future. But they could change that later down the line. I agree with Ooh. you. And I think it would be really cool. Who yeah. owns the IP? Does Remedy still own Quantum Break? Uh, I want to say Remedy does. Yeah, I don't think Microsoft gave two shits about this IP <laughs> uh, at the end of the day. Um, but that being said, I'm not entirely sure because if that was the case, I don't know why it maybe wasn't um, put out on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, let me but just see. Yeah, intellectual property. I don't know. It doesn't really, it doesn't I can't say. really say. I will say yeah. what is hilarious. It's always always fun to look back and, you know, uh, see how things shook out. Because I went to Quantum Break's wiki page to just learn a bit more about, you know, the story and just the, the how the game was made. And there's a paragraph there that says Remedy pitched um, an Alan Wake 2 sequel to Microsoft. And they went, no. Nah. Oh, yes, yeah. No thanks. Uh, no. They want a new RP, <laughs> which, which is just hilarious because like you can look back now. I'm like, oh, like Microsoft darned it, fuck up. Like, but Alan Wake Two, if it was released back then, it might have not hit the same way. Microsoft might have changed things. So it's it's unfair to be like, yeah, Microsoft. Like, look, how could you do this? I mean, at the time, yeah. the strategy was TV inclusion, a game that brought. TV elements to gameplay, like of course you would go for that. So, yeah, it's, it's just funny to look back and be like, damn, there's an alternate timeline where Alan Wake Two is a Microsoft exclusive, and maybe by this point we've got Alan Wake Three and Four <laughs> or something. Control and Quantum Break never happened; they don't exist. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Long and the short for those that Quantum Break is definitely a it's it's a dated game if you compare it to control and and alan wake too um but as a product of its time i appreciate it for what it's for what it is what it was and i enjoyed playing it um, i'm glad i got to finally tick that one off my my remedy list it's complete now I'm i think yeah. i think the only things i've missed now are 
It's the Control DLC, and I've played a little bit of Alan Wake, Alan Wake's American Nightmare. I never finished it. I'm like, do I go back and play it? Eh, it's also know. like a roguelite mode of that. It's not the greatest. Yeah. I honestly am not a huge I think fan I, rem- it, I, I, um, I played Alan Wake. I loved it. It's like, oh my God, there's, an, there's like a sequel DLC. Played as yeah. like, this is just a completely different vibe. and It, it, it does. Yeah. It, it feels completely different. So, yeah. Um, I'm just reading here. In July 2018, after announcing their new game, this was Control at the time. Uh, which starred one of Quantum Break's actresses, Remedy CEO Tara Virtala said a sequel to Quantum Break is pending approval from Microsoft, which owns the intellectual property. I know. Phil Spencer, please. So (laughs) RIP, that is, in my view, exactly why it's not included in the connected universe. Yeah. Yeah. They don't own it. They can't include those characters. Yeah. So they're getting around it. Yeah. They're including characters that are definitely calling back to those mm-hmm. exact characters there. Uh, but yeah, the odds of a Quantum Break sequel, I think, are pretty Less to none at this we point. We didn't think we'd yeah. get an Alawake 2. So. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. It took like 13 Forever. years. So who knows? Yeah. Who um, knows? Yeah. But cool. That's. No, it's a, it's a good game. Like, I, I, I was just briefly looking through, like, you know, Wikipedia sort of sums up the critical response to it and, like, there's a lot of critique on the game's combat and platforming and this and that. And granted, I haven't played the game since 2016. Um, I remember reviewing it. I distinctly remember the review embargo came out on the same day as my graduation at Varsity. <laughs> so I was sitting there listening um, to some god awful speech and refreshing my phone because I, def- you know, when you review something for embargo, yeah. no one. No one outside of this sort of no. uh, uh, industry knows, but it's kind of like nerve wracking because you like you don't want to have the same score as everyone because that kind of defeats the purpose of critique. Like being the average score is like kind of stupid, and I never mm. understood the idea of like, yeah, you nailed the, you got so close to the Metacritic score. Like that's mm. cool. Who cares? Um, but you also don't want to be this extreme outlier because yeah. you just invite all sorts of like negative attention from social media not from other critics i think other mm. critics completely understand that people have different views and things yeah just but like other people gamers. don't um, no uh so i'd give <laughs> i'd given quantum break a nine nice. i thought it was fucking spectacular at the time i just mm. really really enjoyed it and i remember when the reviews dropped and i started reading the first few and it was like six six <laughs> seven and i was just like i know oh fuck what have i done <laughs> i was just like the, I, Am I like, did I give this game a pass or did I like see stuff that others didn't or did others not? And I was just like, no, no. well, so shit. I actually went back and I, I did read your review and I think you nailed it. Like it's, oh, thank it's you. like I completely, and it's, it's funny looking back at like an eight year thing of like, well, this is clearly innovative or whatever at the time. And I think you were fair of like, you know, the inclusion of TV, this, that, whatever. I don't know. It didn't strike me as like, oh, you just. I just found the game fucking fun. Like Mm. I straight up probably enjoyed it more than others in that regard. And especially at the time, it was to me like the first thing on Xbox One that was like, wow, this is eye-poppingly beautiful, you know? Mm. So Also, shout out to Quantum Break for uh, including a very loose version of what we got in Tears of the Kingdom's Rewind. Um, Because that exists in Quantum Break. 
There are oh, certain, right. certain environmental things that you have to rewind into place to like get across or whatever. I'd play it as like, oh my God. You're right. <laughs> yeah. the kingdom. So shout huh. out to Remedy for, for having that in the game. See, Rem- Remedy, Remedy aren't giving enough. It's just funny though, because especially after Quantum Break, when they announced Control, everyone was like, hmm, mm. Remedy, hmm, hmm. And then like, Control put them back on track, I feel mm. like, in such a gigantic way, even though it didn't sell super well. So that's a real yeah, which, which, games. which baffles me. Yeah. Control and Alan Wake yeah, 2 not man, selling like, it's... tens of millions. I'm like, why? <laughs> I do feel <laughs> like I do games. feel like they have their, th- themselves to blame somewhat. Like mm. the marketing for Control was super confusing. I didn't really understand what sort of game that was mm. up until very close. Like some people were describing it as a roguelite and then others are like no wait it's not a roguelite it's a metroidvania and it's like, like what is no, this yeah, what like, is going on yeah so yeah know, weird that is all i have played this week wow blast from the past and another roguelite blast with from the, past. the past in it <laughs> mm. Mm. A, what sensing, will sensing a theme here what will come next yeah who knows yeah. um cool yeah, so we aren't going to be doing the regular run of show today, like uh, game releases and game news and questions. You will probably have, would have realized Matty didn't put out a uh, question uh, tweet or whatever. It's not just because he forgot. Probably He's just actually really good yeah, at his the, job. The forgot. you know? I've forgotten sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it does uh, we didn't get any as far as I know no. anyway, so it's fine. Right, yeah, I've got no emails or whatever. I think we did. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't spoken about anything that I've played purely because I really haven't played anything. And this has started becoming a pretty big running theme in in my life um, for a multitude of reasons. It's For those who don't know, I'm like getting married pretty soon uh, within what? the next like <laughs> seven weeks. Who, who knew? Um, and that's been something that's been, you know, in planning for anyone who would have done a wedding will know, like it takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of time from Mm. you. It's all consuming completely. And it's all consuming for the best reasons. Like it's a very, everyone, everyone I speak to about this, I get the sense that they're like thinking that I hate this process. It's like, I don't hate this process. Like it's all in service of a very important milestone day, Mm. but that doesn't take away from the fact that it is a stressful process. Mm. and time-consuming endeavor yeah couple that with a stressful uh day job um you know doing writing reviews as well for GameSpot, and then doing this podcast on a regular basis and i just found last year that i was very quickly brushing up against a uh like a very dangerous breaking point of like complete like complete burnout um Mm. To, you know, through no fault of my own, I, we put this pressure on ourselves because we want to do things that we enjoy and make content we enjoy and content that we hope other people enjoy. Mm. The problem with that was that I was coming to a point where I just felt like I wasn't enjoying a lot of the things that usually gave me uh, joy anymore. Uh, one of them just being playing video games. Mm. Um, for the past couple of months, I've been struggling to bring myself to find the desire to do that. Mm. Uh, you know, in the past, it would be a very simple, like, oh, I've got an hour, an hour and a half in an evening. It's a no-brainer what I'm going to do. 
mm. nowadays it's more like it feels more like an obligation more than anything else and that feels mm. bad yeah um so going hand in hand with that is the sort of like requirement to still stay up to date with things for the purposes of being relevant and interesting on this podcast and because that sort of pressure to to do that has now become more of a weight it has mm. taken away a lot of the enjoyment i had producing this show not because matty is a terrible person terrible that's aside from the fact <laughs> yeah um, i i thoroughly enjoy my time i uh, spent with him and it's the reason why we've cultivated such a strong friendship and why he's mm. flying halfway across the world to attend my wedding which is crazy you, you did the same um, for me it's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> um but i have to be honest with myself and you know it's just it takes more effort and energy than it should to to be like online for the show week in and week out mm. and it's a disservice to me it's a disservice to matthew who's giving the exact exact same amounts of time and then a disservice to everyone who listens mm. who maybe noticed a drop off in enthusiasm or something or if you didn't you know that's maybe good i guess so mm -hmm. uh the long and the short of it is um the podcast is not ending um so to speak but we are going to go through a period of reevaluation um over the next two months at the very least in part to give me a bit of time to kind of decompress and um, get to the date of my wedding and, and get past that and see how I feel after a lot of these stresses are taken off of me mm -hmm. and, you know, I have a bit more free time or I've returned a bit back to like normality in terms of routine. Um, but then also to give us a small chance to kind of experiment with um, – new formats that we've wanted to to look at i know especially matty's been wanting to always do a bit more of video stuff uh video production but when you have the stress of a weekly produced show there's only so much you can do in the mm. available amount of time that we have so going forward at least until i think we've decided april mm. um we will no longer be doing weekly shows uh, at least on Saturdays, there won't mm. be like a weekly podcast on a Monday. Instead, what we're going to do is pop up sort of like ad hoc style with reviews or smaller episodes when we feel there's something interesting to talk about or when mm. there is a game that we want to review or if there is something, you know, we just want to cover. Yeah. That will make the content less regular. That doesn't mean that there might not be two reviews in a week and then maybe only one in three weeks you know mm. it really depends on the release schedule but it hopefully means we can kind of explore the the goals we want to for the next two months and see when we come back in april is this something we still want to pursue and continue and mm. you know take it from there or through this experience find that oh okay we can deliver content in a different way now that actually yeah. makes more sense uh, yeah. for everyone involved. So that is the plan going mm -hmm. forward. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything. No, I just want to say um, just because I don't think any listener will realize, but it is like a huge time commitment. Um, like we, we yeah. create this podcast and we love creating this podcast, 
but it is a time commitment in that every single Saturday, we've done it for years now. Well, you know, six so years, six, six years, like every Saturday morning. It's like the first thing we do in the weekend. Um, and I was saying to Alessandro when he, he raised like how he's feeling with me that like to me, it kind of becomes a red flag when we go for the December break and both of us are like, oh, like, thank goodness, yeah. you know, just some breathing room. And it's like, it, it's maybe not obvious, but when that happens, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe it is nice to have, you know, my Saturday mornings back for whatever. Like, it's just, it's a huge time commitment. And I don't think, uh, it's not, I'm not at all blaming anyone. Like, I'm just more putting it for context of like, a listener, maybe you wouldn't realize like, we're cool, we, you get the hour and a half episode, whatever. But mm. there's a time before we start recording, there's a time after we start recording where we edit. Alessandro does a lot of admin in the back end in terms of like, dealing with um our media partners reaching out to people like it's a huge time thing on the side and i just think like for both of us it makes sense to just pull back a little bit just lighten the load um and sort mm. of see how we go from there and again like it's just for the next two months we're going to see how things go um i'll still be active on our social platforms keeping you guys informed on what's happening when um and yeah we'll take it from there See how things mm. shake out. It's I think it, if you look at when when we started this, our lives, both of our lives were in extremely different places. Oh yeah. Um, in terms of in terms of um, you know, just things we had to do and and things we had to keep track of. And mm. I think for you, especially in the earlier years, you went, you know, you got married about a year or two into us doing the podcast and yeah. like I can only imagine how tough that was because like at that point we were still doing in-person recordings and you mm. were coming to my house every Saturday morning yes, to do recordings, which ago. was insane. <laughs> like I think about that back then and I'm like, we were, we were insane to do that for so long. Like mm. I have no idea why we didn't pivot to, to remote earlier. Um, no, I think but it's easy yeah, to I, look I back think, now. I think it's, sure. yeah, it's over time. It just compounds mm. and you know, you know, life, life gets tougher, obviously life. And you also just have less energy uh, mm. to, to, to give to things as, as time goes on, um, which yeah. is a natural thing. And, uh, you know, you went through a gigantic move this year. Mm. Um, you know, I, since starting the podcast, we, I moved out of my house and had the, you know, the added, um, not stresses, but the added reality of like, you know, your life is now different because you have to fend for yourself in different yeah, ways. Well, and you, that adds you're running your different time now. requirements. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think like you said, it's like easy to look at this and be like, oh, it's an hour and a half. What's an hour and a half? But like, mm. take take your weekend, you know, everyone comes to work on a Monday and is like, damn, that weekend felt short. Now, just rip <laughs> out like 45 hours from that. Yeah, Like do that every week. Mm. And that's what we're doing. Not because I hate it. I love it. But mm. this whole thing is happening now because that love is waning and yeah. it's not fair on anyone to, to, no. to force it. So it's also yeah. like I say to you, I mean, we both, I know you still do game reviews, written reviews. I'm like, Oh my God, you are a mm. mad lad. Much fewer though. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. but I, I, I do remember when, um, I, I like our time with lazy gamer slash critical heads. I absolutely loved that time. Learned so much, mm. played so much stuff, wrote so much stuff. But I also remember when I stepped back to pursue a full-time career, um, just going like, oh, that's 
wild. I can play games without the pressure of, you know, oh my God, like I've got to think about this critically and I've got to write a review. And, you know, you as a listener might argue, well, are you not doing that now? And the reality is that I like, I pivoted to this podcast because I missed the that thing of like playing games for review and looking at them like as works of art or analyzing them critically. But mm-hmm. I removed the time constraints of like having to sit and write a review and edit and, and, and. It's a lot easier to talk about a game as opposed to having to write about a game, in my opinion. Like it just seemed yeah. a lot simpler. Um, but it's just this, that thing of you fall into the danger of like, oh, shit, like I've got to play something for this weekend or whatever. But I think if we remove that time commitment, well, that not uh, time commitment, that pressure, I think mm. we'll feel a lot better about it. It's also just like, to be honest, to give you breathing room, like getting married, it, it's a wonderful affair, don't get me wrong, but it, it is a lot of admin. Like I completely get yeah. it. Oh my God. And, like I laughed when you're like, cool, we're going to podcast um, Saturday, then Sunday morning I've got dancing lessons. I'm like, I, I get it. It's like, it's, it's yeah. all these yeah. little things that all lead to this big day that you can't escape and it's just yeah. it's the time you need so i completely get it that's and then it, and then i think just the double whammy is the frustration of like when i do have a day off or an afternoon off on a weekend and shani's like you can chill just you know relax like let's just both chill and then i like load up a game and don't get that same mm. sense of relaxation no, or satisfaction which... from it it's infuriating like mm. like i can't even describe how frustrating it is so mm. like to have that associated to the hobby I, you know, quote unquote, used to love and then have to force myself to engage with that hobby for the mm. show. It's just like, I don't think either of them is going to help rekindle that no. that sort of desire to play games again. And I'm mm. hoping just like you said, like you said, you felt when that pressure is taken off mm. and you can just enjoy them on their own terms, mm. maybe that will like be be a reset that... Um, I need, and this is this isn't like a unique thing that I'm going through or that you went through. Like mm. every single person I know who's been in this industry has gone through this. Yeah. Like I'm almost, I recall very vividly Jeff going through this exact thing mm-hmm. near the final days of Critical Hit. He's like, I just can't. Yeah. Like, I don't like playing games anymore. I hate them. I do. Mm. And since then, you know, he gets to pick and choose what he wants to play because he doesn't have to play anything and he's i think turned that corner so he's, i'm hoping to get the same feeling you he's know? probably in bed playing infinite wealth yakuza <laughs> like a dragon his underwear wolf, right as now. we speak yeah <laughs> yeah what a fucking life nice. sounds great must be nice <laughs> so yeah the long and the short um, of it is that the podcast isn't going anywhere it's just going to be different mm. at least for a little while and we'll reassess yeah um, and we'll so, reassess and, and be honest with, yeah. I think, with you as listeners and with ourselves as well, because yeah. we, I think we're both on the same page where we don't want to force the other to continue doing something they're not enjoying no. as much as, you know, the other might still love it. Mm. Um, you know, nothing it's, is forever, but at least for now, this is just a pause. It's not, mm. it's not gone yet. But so I'm still bear, very bear excited to see what we what we do in the meantime because I think yeah. maybe without the the um, shackles of like routine, maybe mm-hmm. we'll end up really enjoying what we put out. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Cool. Uh, we'll we'll keep it. We'll keep you updated on social media, and you'll see videos and episodes go up from time to time. So all I can hope to do is 
ask you to keep listening if you are listening. Mm. Um, and if you end up leaving, like totally understand. We appreciate <laughs> everyone's support up until this point, <laughs> as joking. always. Um, and if you have any questions as well, like mm. on social media at Checkpoint Chat, or you can email us at Checkpoint Chat, we'll probably not answer them on a show, but I will, if you email, I'll reply like mm. straight up. So yeah. yeah. And also, Matty will send you a heart emoji on Twitter. Or- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like please engage with us and by any means necessary. I mean, and we'll see, like maybe when it comes to doing reviews, maybe we'll put out questions specifically for if you have anything. Yeah, on, like yeah. we say, we're recording about X game coming out. Do you have any questions about it or like, we'll see. This is something we're going to figure out as we go as well. So please do bear with us. Um, you're not dead yeah. to us. Please, I was joking. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that's the long and the short of it. Kind of a weird note to end the episode on uh but yeah it's just something that i guess we had to get to eventually mm. um that's why i didn't want to start the show with this because then how do you pivot from this to like and god of war oh, now let's go yeah. god of war yay hey, to be fair god. i enjoy talking about god of war <laughs> a good time um so yeah, no no news and stuff today because surprise i actually have to leave in the next like 10 minutes, 10 minutes as we're recording this because my day begins now and will not end until this evening. So yeah, mm. we stra- and God bless Matthew for getting up at fucking 6 a.m. to to um make it on time for this recording given the time difference. This is literally the only time we'd have this weekend. Listen, so I'm gonna again, go- the stresses of, of this. So <laughs> I'm gonna go he says he's going to go now. for a run now, but he's really he's going to go run back into bed. I, I so. wish. What's the time? 20 <laughs> past seven. No, I've got, I've got like an hour and 40 minutes to park run. Let's go. I can go have a nap. <laughs> Wait, what? Does park run only start at nine? Nine. Starts at nine. Oh, yeah. oh right. Yeah, because it's like at 8 a.m. Mm. It's still like pitch dark I, there. So. I, I don't know if it pivots back in summer, but at the moment it's nine o'clock. Surely it must. You'll, yeah, you'll die. You'll cremate Absolutely. at 9 a.m. <laughs> you'll cremate. Like, just run straight into your coffin <laughs> all your yeah, own. You turn a corner as the sun blares on you oh, just no. turn into dust like a vampire you know yeah, so yeah we're, um, we're running Lens and I are running today so yeah all good, good. that sounds good mm. well that's been episode episode 247 yeah. checkpoint chat mm. we'll get to 250 maybe who knows <laughs> we will waiting with bated breath could you imagine if we just ended the podcast at 250? That'd be fucking Let's hilarious. Go. Yeah. Oh my god, on 249, yeah. That would actually drive me insane until the day I die. Um, 40 yeah. years from now, episode 250, like, hey, yeah. I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. I, I survived. I survived. <laughs> just done. Cool. Uh, thank you as always for listening. We hope you have a great week going forward and we'll see you sometime, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not next week, but sometime. Mm. Catch us on social media. Bye. Oh, yeah. Catch us on social media, yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.